0: Here we go! You're listening to Rumination Tuesday, May the 31st in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Mark Smith to take a look at the hymn for this coming Sunday, a big Sunday. It's Pentecost, and the hymn is Come Holy Ghost God, and Lord. This is among several hymns by Martin Luther that were originally Latin chants. And therefore, this is something that Martin Luther really loved. In fact, in talking about this, he indicates that this is a hymn that was written by the Holy Spirit himself. Now, Martin Luther did make some changes in it. He added some items, some verses. It is the day of Pentecost, and his version first appears in 1524. Now, the translation is a composite, which means... There were at least three translators most credited to Catherine winkworth but in fact only the first three lines of the first stanza and a fraction of stanza three are hers about one third is taken from richard massey who died in 1887 and the rest the since synth- thesis of the Winkworth and the Massey translations appeared to be the work of August Cruel who died in 1923. At first glance, the hymn appears to consist of disconnected statements about the Holy Ghost. Yet these phrases are joined together by a common thread jesus christ so we're going to be taking a look at this because this is the hymn of the day for pentecost so what's your initial reaction to the hymn pastor smith well
1: it's a good one i've picked it uh i've picked it as the sermon hymn for this coming sunday
0: Good choice. It's it's a little.
1: It's too short, I, I think. It's only it's only three verses, but uh, but it's a good hymn. How can it yes. not be?
0: <laughs> yes. Like Luther said, he thought it was really written by the Holy Ghost himself. So, without further ado, let's kind of go through it. Okay look at the verse itself if you would begin with stanza one.
1: Come, Holy Ghost, God and Lord, with all your graces now outpoured on each believing on each believer's mind and heart, your fervent love to them impart. Lord, by the brightness of your light, in holy faith your church unite from every land and every tongue. This is your praise, O Lord, our God, be sung. Alleluia, alleluia.
0: Yes. So, it talks about with all his graces now outpoured. Uh, Not long ago, I had a layman come to me, and he was talking about the Trinity. He said, you know, there's... Very little that we're singing that really is about the Holy Spirit it's all really about Jesus and I mentioned to him that that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit that's right to, to give that message of Jesus Christ yeah what's that what's that I'm
1: trying to think of the passage that says uh, the Holy Spirit will give uh the Holy Spirit will p- place the emphasis on Jesus
0: yes well there's no doubt that Pentecost is that time right because look look at the sermon that Peter does on the day of Pentecost and it's all about the forgiveness of sins and yeah, can you can you, imagine, can you imagine can you
1: imagine a a fisherman like Peter Galilean fisherman like him getting getting up in front of all those people and preaching that way. That had to be the motivation of the Holy Spirit.
0: Yes. Yes, in fact, we believe teaching confess that all of scripture is really inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so in his preaching, Peter was motivated by the Holy Spirit. And remember, they were baptized that day. What was it, 3,000 people?
1: Yeah, 3,000, right. Wow. 3,000 joined the church, or probably more.
0: Yes. It's not that they were unbelievers. Many of them, like that blind man in chapter 9, he believed in the coming of the Messiah. And by hearing about Jesus... They believed he was the fulfillment of what had been promised. So, all your graces now outpoured on each believer's heart, uh, mind, and heart. What does that mean? Graces outpoured.
1: Well, that's whatever comes through that the means of grace. That's. Uh... Forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation.
0: Power. Exactly.
1: P- p- Pentecostal
0: penic- power, the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the benefits of right. Christ's death and resurrection are really the graces now outpoured on each believer's mind and heart. Your fervent love to them impart. Lord, by the brightness of your light. Now, who does the word Lord refer to?
1: Let's see, is that referring to uh, Jesus himself, or is that referring to uh, uh, the triune God? What do you think, Tom? I think it's referring uh... to Jesus.
0: According to the first line of the hymn
1: oh you're right from Holy yes.
0: Ghost God and uh, Lord Lord you are absolutely right it's referring to the Holy Spirit
1: that is right yes absolutely
0: so his fervent love to us is imparted by the brightness of your light. What's the brightness of the light?
1: Lord, by the brightness of your light and holy faith, your church unite. Uh, That's a light of
0: of, uh, God's word. Yes. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the bread of the world. And so this is really pointing back to Jesus. Because in holy faith, your church unite from every land and every tongue. How would you explain holy faith? What is that referring to?
1: In holy faith, your church unite. That's, uh, let's see, that's the... uh...
0: That would be the the, the faith that is believed. Yes, well said. And that faith is always, when we say we believe the faith, we're not talking about the historical events alone. We're talking about the content of holy faith is always the promises of God. And it is those promises that unites the church from every land and every tongue. What's that explaining? Well, of
1: course, uh, that's what Pentecost was all about. Uh, Pentecost was the uh, was the opposite of what happened uh, at the Tower of Babel when everyone, everyone was divided by uh, different languages. And uh, Pentecost uh, is the opposite of that. It drew them all together by those uh, by those uh, believers who started speaking in other other tongues uh that other languages that they hadn't even been uh, t- trained in and the, and well, the gospel everybody's hearing the gospel in their own words in their own language
0: now i did a study on uh these tongues and i couldn't find one of them that referred that did not refer to a known foreign language in, in other words these were not gibberish right. of angels these were actual words and it even lists the number of people who heard them including Arabs and many others who did not speak Hebrew or would not understand a lot of what was being said until it was told in their language yeah
1: in fact i think i think a lot of people i think my myself included got, grew up thinking that this was just the just the uh, disciples that were speaking uh that just the disciples had those tongues of flame settle on them and they alone were speaking in other languages i think it was it was more than that in fact it was men and wi- women uh, perhaps even uh, younger children, who were uh, who the Holy Spirit was outpoured on them. Who whoever was gathered together uh, on that day of Pentecost, um, and you see sometimes you see pictures depicting that very thing that uh, the 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 tongues of flame settling on uh, not just the disciples but on all these believers. And in fact, if you count. If you count the different nationalities that are, uh, are there on that Pentecost morning, it's, it's much more than just 12.
0: Oh, my, yes. Now, how did Peter come to his conclusions in Acts 15 when he was sharing with them what had happened when he preached to Cornelius and his family?
1: He felt like that was the same thing that happened to uh, them on, uh, on Pentecost Sunday. And when he saw the same phenomena uh, of of uh, these people speaking in these other languages, he felt that, who am I to deny them baptism? Yes. And so he baptized Cornelius, and whoever was gathered there in the household of Cornelius baptized him. And remember... Uh, When he got back to the church in Jerusalem, they had some questioning for him about that.
0: Yeah, why is he eating with the uncircumcised? Right, and then he explained that even the uncircumcised are considered clean because of that vision he had on the roof. That's right, Uh, and and isn't it? If you study that,
1: I always think it's wonderful. How that congregation in Jerusalem, which were ma- made up mostly of uh, Jewish believers, once they heard him explain all this, they were—they were—not only were they convinced, but they were—they uh, celebrated the fact. They they rejoiced that uh, God intended uh, salvation for for the Gentiles as well. It just warms yes. your heart to see how they welcomed them.
0: That shows uh, work of the Holy Spirit right. creating that love, which verse 1 talks about, on each believer's mind and heart, your fervent love to them impart. And yeah, I'm surprised you. part of it.
1: I'm surprised you didn't ask me to define fervent this morning, Tom.
0: Well, that was my next question. <laughs>
1: yeah. Fervent i would say uh passionate fiery um, fervent would be uh yeah i would say uh love that is impassioned and
0: uh on fire it's an eager love right an eager love that loves to hear the good news of the gospel. Exactly. All right, would you do stanza two, please?
1: Stanza two. Come holy light, guide divine. Now cause the word of life to shine. Teach us to know our God aright, and call him Father with delight. From every error keep us free. Let none but Christ our Master be that we in living faith abide, in him our Lord with all our might confide. Alleluia, alleluia.
0: Now what I find interesting in stanza two is cause the word of life to shine, teach us to know our God aright, and I'm all set for him then to talk about Christ. But he doesn't. Who does he talk about?
1: Let's see, teach us to know our God aright and call Him Father with delight. Is he talking about God the Father?
0: Yes, doesn't that surprise you?
1: Not really
0: Why uh, because doesn't well, it? well
1: uh, wouldn't you also say wouldn't you also say that Jesus is our heavenly Father as well? I and the Father are one. I'm not. I mean, hey, I'm not diminishing the d- distinction of the persons there, but, but uh, you know, in Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily, and and doesn't yeah. Jesus say, "If you've seen
0: me, you've seen the Father"? Yeah, there are passages there, but I think we need to realize that the work of the Holy Spirit. And the work of Jesus is to give glory to the Father.
1: Okay. All right.
0: That's what the next line says. Let none but Christ our Master be. So here we're to call the Father in delight. And immediately let none but Christ our Master be. Why is he referred to as our master?
1: Well, he is God. Jesus is God.
0: And who does he point to all the time?
1: He points to the Father.
0: That's right. So it's the Father that receives the glory. We looked at Revelation chapter 4 and 5 of the Ascension recently. And there was God the Father on the throne, and Jesus came to Him and took the scroll with seven seals, which right. is our salvation. Right. He took it. Took it from the Father. I I don't. In fact, Jesus.
1: Jesus' whole. Uh, purpose when he came to earth was to fulfill
0: what his father sent him to do. And that's from Daniel chapter 7. Where the Ancient of Days, who is God the Father, sends the Son of Man, who is Jesus Christ, to earth to redeem us. And so that's why we call him our father with delight in every other religion in the world why do they not consider the father with delight
1: oh well they probably, they don't they don't believe in him every other religion they don't believe in him
0: yes and by not if believing they, in the Father, it means that they don't trust promises connected with the Father.
1: Right. Yeah, in if fact, if, them, they reject, if they reject the Father, they reject also Christ, and for that matter, the Holy
0: Spirit. Right. And what they're rejecting is that they are justified not by works— but through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what they're rejecting. So, stanza three, please.
1: Stanza three. Come Holy fire, comfort true. Grant us the will your work to do and in your service to abide. Let trials turn us not aside. Lord, by your power, prepare each heart and to our weakness strength impart, that bravely here we may contend through life and death to you, our Lord, ascend. Alleluia, alleluia.
0: The first question is, it says, through life and death to you, our Lord, ascend. Who is being referred to as our lord
1: okay let me look let me look at the context here yes let uh what's that line again tom
0: this is the last line lord with all our might confide i'm sorry um through that life we may and death to you, our Lord. Yes, ascend.
1: that bravely here we may contend through life and death to you, our Lord, ascend. That would be uh, God the Father. Yes, yeah, right
0: through through Jesus Christ. Right, right. That's right. So, though this is a Pentecost hymn. The glory that's found in this hymn is directed towards God the Father. Very, very important. Now it talks about come holy fire. Now we have many metaphors of Jesus. Redeemer, shepherd, light, bread. Why is the Holy Ghost have, has the metaphor of fire?
1: Well, I think that goes back to, uh, back to the uh, the Sunday of Pentecost where those those flames, those tongues of flame like fire descend upon uh, the followers of, of
0: Jesus. I think it goes back to there, wouldn't you say? I agree with that, that there are tongues of fire above the heads of the believers, mm-hmm. and that's a sign of the Holy Spirit. And what is he granting us the will to do?
1: Grant us the will your work to do. That's what he empowers the Holy Spirit empowers us to do God's work
0: Yes, this is really a law and gospel point of view That you cannot do God's work apart from the Holy Spirit and we've been saying that for months on law and gospel, that truly good works are not those works that you conceive in your own heart, but they are called fruit of the spirit. Yes, very, very important. So you may have a believer and an unbeliever do the same outward work but only the believer's work, is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So, in your service to abide. See, that's the purpose of salvation. What does it mean to abide in the service of the Holy Spirit? Remain.
1: What are we remaining? We're remaining. We're abiding. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at this final verse, and in your service to abide, I, we're we're remaining in His service. We want to. Con- we want our whole life uh, to be lived in accord with His will. And uh, to do his work, whatever exactly. that work may be, as long yes. as it's done in faith.
0: What does that mean? Give me an example of doing something not in faith.
1: Well, what whatever, I would say whatever's in accord with the Ten Commandments, and whatever but you know you can you can do something in accord with the 10 commandments and yet not and uh and not be in the faith
0: well said it, because so
1: so whatever's done in accord with the 10 commandments and it's done in faith that is that is God pleasing
0: yes not in accord with the 10 commandments means that you may be following the law externally right but in your heart It's not due to motivation by the Holy Spirit. It's motivation by the devil. So every time we sin, that is a work of the devil, regardless of the outwardness of the particular work. So why do you like this hymn then? for Pentecost Sunday. Well, it's it's a great hymn.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to have this as the sermon hymn. Right. Do you mention the hymns in your sermon? Sometimes I refer to them, yes. In fact, I did just this past Sunday. Yeah, I do too.
0: That's why we choose them the way we did. And your church is at where? It's out in Wildwood, out on 109, Highway 109. Yes.
1: St. is right, the Church of Wildwood.
0: Pastor Mark Smith, I'm Pastor Tom Baker. Come Holy Ghost, God and Lord. We may be taking a look at the lessons for Pentecost tomorrow due to Listen our to vacation on Monday. 9, 3, God bless you.
1: For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.